Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. You can live a long, healthy life if you're HIV positive. With the current treatments, we can get patients down to being undetectable. The array of options is so much greater today. U equals U. Undetectable equals untransmittable. If someone who's HIV positive, they're taking their medication, they're undetectable, they're not able to pass HIV to their partners. Do it for you, Montgomery County. Your HIV treatment is their prevention. Get more information at doitforumc.org. Yo, what's good? What's happening, Rush Nation? Welcome to episode 73 of Five Yard College. We're back. It's Wednesday. No, it's not unusual. This is us for the rest of the season. Who knows how far into the future. Man, week 11's done. Week 12 is just around the corner. Well, actually, there was some action last night. Week 12, Ash, has already started. There were some games last night. We don't tend to talk too much about the Mac, and I've thrown you onto the a curveball straight out the gate there. You're uh, you're facing an 0 1 pitch, my man. How are you doing? Yeah, doing good. You're doing good. No, you're right. We uh we don't tend to get the uh we don't tend to get the the Mac games. I was usually well previously recording on a uh, on a Monday, but yeah, with the uh, with the the Wednesday recording, we uh, we do get a little bit of Mac action. So it's uh it's a nice it's a nice change of pace. I think there was what three games. <laughs> Three games. Uh, yeah, three. There's a, there's a game tonight. Yeah, and then there was. Uh, two, games, I think right? there's, there's there's two games tonight. Buffalo, um, uh, Buffalo, Northern Illinois, and Wall State are playing Central Michigan. I think. Okay. I, think I believe they're the two games that are on tonight. Te- midnight. So technically tonight. Technically tomorrow. How how you let's let's go with there there tomorrow. But you know. Kick off at midnight our time, so, and then, yeah, the east, east and west, eastern and western Michigan played, and a couple of other games yesterday. So, well, slash this morning. So, so the actually, you know, the degenerate that I currently am on college football gambling, 
Um, yeah, we talked on. about that lucky 15 missing by a point and a half, didn't we? Well, last week I had three wins and a team I backed at plus 14 and they lost by 14 and Skybet pushed it, didn't get a win. So wow. that's that's three lucky 15s I've missed out on by a point and a half over the whole three. So um, the the slide is, is real, but I got involved. I got involved with the action last night, and I'm two of three waiting on Central Michigan to to cover the plus one and a half tonight. They, they. Oh, I mean, that's going to be a. It's going to be an interesting game for them. I think Ball State. I know Michigan are leading the MAC. Uh, in their 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 conference. Uh, no, they're not. Sorry, Northern Illinois are top, but Ball State haven't had the best of seasons. I think they're five and five. So. I re- yeah, I reckon you should be. I think you should be right with that one. Go Chippewas. Go Chippewas. Man, I can't believe it. Like, what is it? Two games left in the regular season now, college regular season? Two or three? Uh, yeah, no, two. Yeah, two games for most. A couple have got one, but majority have got, still got two games left. And then that's it. We're on to the, uh, the bowl games and the, and the playoffs. It's come around so quick, it's ridiculous. I mean, this Ash. year has just gone so quick. Oh, tell me about it. Considering we've all been off furloughed, in and out of work, out of the yeah. office, working from home, it's it's gone banzai quick. Ash, tell me, with it being Christmas Day on a Saturday, are there any games on Christmas Day this year? Because a couple of years ago, I know the Steelers played on Christmas Day. That must have been probably six years yeah. ago now, seven years ago, something like that. Do you know so what? I, I don't think there is this year. Not, no, there isn't. I'm looking at it now, Boxing Day. So, ha- 12, 12.30 Boxing Day, uh, Mississippi State and Mississippi are, are playing. And then there's a, there's a load of games on the Friday, uh, but majority of them are on the Saturday. So, no, we won't have any Christmas Day football in terms of college football anyway. I don't know if there's any NFL games on, but no no, no college football this year, unfortunately. Massively disappointing. If, yeah. Rush Nation, you are a regular viewer of the live stream, you'll notice that I'm drinking coffee this evening and not my usual water, although that is here armoured uh, in the arsenal. Uh, it's just been a, a brutal week and weekend so far. I planted 53 trees over the weekend, so... I know. It, and I yeah. haven't even had a chance to get changed from work, so I'm still in my shirt. <laughs> Ash is looking fly without a hat on and his yeah. shirt. And I'm, this, we're all over the place on episode 73. We've got a little bit of injury news to get to. Ash, are we talking showdown this week, or have you just completely voided that from the, do- the showdown? So, I had originally voided it until I realised that we are now in the playoffs. So, there is a little snippet at the end that I had. Uh, but I think next week and the week after, we'll, we'll dive deep into it. Would it, be in the, uh, <laughs> would it be in the playoff semis and then the finals in week 13? So... Okay, Rush Nation, hold tight for the showdown talk at the end. You're lucky you've got any at all because, well, we'll find out later. Ash, let's do some injuries. Injury corner. Clemson's Justin Ross is expected to undergo foot surgery and miss the clash with Wake Forest, which is massive. Clemson and Ross will hold off surgery until Monday to establish if he can return this season or if it's over. But for somebody, Ash, with an injury history like Justin Ross's, who was making a huge claim for his NFL draft stop this season. This injury is just another uh, blemish on his you know, on his calling card. Yeah, it really is. And I mean, Clemson haven't had the best years offensive, uh, the best year offensively. Ross was their main receiving weapon. Obviously, he's gone for the year, which is obviously downside for them. But personally, I think he was just, just scraping under 500 yards receiving and a few touchdowns. He's not had the best year, but of course, he's not had the supply and... It's a massive, massive blow for him once again. He obviously held off 
leaving last year with the with a back injury and there was talks about him not even you know being able to come back and yeah and now he's having to have foot surgery so i mean he's a he is one of the biggest risks coming into the into the draft this year and his draft stock's going to take a massive tumble in because he, of this he, he's the kind of guy that we could see go undrafted because of this injury yeah, really could. Yeah, I mean the talent's definitely there, but we've seen it multiple times in the past that that hyper talented and hyper potential players going undrafted or going sixth, seventh round and never really establishing themselves because of injuries. And uh, I, I hope not because I think Ross has got the potential, but it's really up in the air at the moment. This is another. I mean, it, it, it's a foot injury. It's not devastating, but coming off of that back injury that almost ended his career. And now to be missing the last two games of the season and, and potentially not being fit, depending on what surgery it is. We don't know what surgery it is at the moment, but potentially missing a chunk of the off season as well. It's yeah, it's, it's devastating news for him personally. Yeah, and it wasn't exactly like you say with Clemson being down offensively. It's not been the showcase season he would have hoped with DJ Angalaley and and really pushing for his draft stock to be improved after that back injury. This is it's. He could be the sort of say Sharat of of last year, where I, I can't remember whether he was drafted or not. He definitely was an undrafted free agent. I think he's currently in Detroit or at Seattle, one of the two. I'm getting him and the who was the FSU kid who ended up leaving FSU. Tamori and Terry's the yeah. one who went to Seattle undrafted and lasted about a week before his illegal troubles. Yeah. So okay, say Sharat is at Detroit, and you'd think yes. with. His production at TCU or Wake? Wake Forest. At Wake. He he was he was brilliant at Wake. And you'd think that the way the Detroit Lions are playing at the moment, he'd be someone that they would bring off their practice squad or wherever he yeah. is right now and uh, give him a shot because he was, he was electric. But Justin Ross is definitely following in the footsteps of those kind of receivers who just wasn't there for them and, and their draft stock tumbled and now they're languishing deep in rosters in the NFL. Yeah. Another shocking injury is Texas running back Bijan Robinson is going to miss the remainder of the season with a dislocated elbow, which he suffered in Saturday's game against Kansas. Obviously, Texas lost that one. Mm. It was the, the Texas are the only team in the last five years to beat Texas or score more than 45 points at, at, in Texas. Uh, yeah, I think I think you sent me. I, I sent you the picture, Ash, but I've murdered the stat. It, it, it's something yeah, ridiculous. You sent, me, you sent me the picture. So the last two teams to score forty-eight plus points against Texas in Texas or in Austin, it twenty nineteen Kansas and twenty twenty-one Kansas. So yeah, massive shock. The game itself, obviously Kansas winning it in overtime, and they had a dominant first half, and a lot of people expected them to drop off and. To an extent, I mean, they did. They 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 obviously went into overtime level, but they never gave up, and and they got the victory well deserved. And there's a lot of there's a lot of talk about Texas and Sarkeesian, but this this news is devastating. It, fortunately for Robinson, obviously he's still young into his career, so he's at least got one more year left in in college football, and he he's had a great 2021 personally up to this point. This isn't going to do too many issues to him. Dislocated elbow is obviously not a great injury to have, but it's not the end of the world. And as I say, he, he shouldn't lose too much of personal stock on this, but it is, it's a huge blow to Texas, one of their, their main weapons in a, in, a, in a season that's been stuttering for them and, and going down downhill gradually throughout the season. And, and it's almost a write-off for them now 
And yeah, as you say, Bijan <coughs> going down when he did in the game didn't help at all. Yeah, I it, you could have got uh, Kansas at the start of the game at two thousand to one to win that one. Yeah, so. <laughs> yeah. I mean, Kansas, as I say, you can't take any point from Kansas. They were no. phenomenal, but I mean, Texas, much like they they aren't on they aren't on the show doc at all tonight. But Florida, uh, both of those teams have checked out. In particular. We'll, we'll go on it quickly, but Florida's defense, uh, they, they don't care. They're done. They, <laughs> they generally just don't seem to have any interest. The, the game against Samford, an FCS program, they let in 52 points. They're just, I mean, I think that Dan Mullen personally isn't a very difficult situation as to what's going to happen with him. You can't let 52 points in a game when you're already under pressure. I think if he was going to go, he would have gone Monday. I think we may well see him to the end of the year and the last two games will dictate what happens to him for 2022. But both of these teams, Texas and Florida, they check, they, they just seem to have checked out. They're, they're, they're done for the year, both negative records. And, well, Florida on, an, on a 5-5 five and five and, and Texas on a 4-6, and six, but their season's over and I think they're just waiting for the off-season now. Yeah, the thing with Dan Mullen is I think there's quite a lot of money into next year for the buyout, so perhaps yeah, yeah. they're trying to work a way around that. We move on to Auburn, and their quarterback, Phoenix, is going to undergo ankle surgery after sustaining the injury in Saturday's game against Mississippi State. Phoenix will now miss the last two games of the season. Phoenix was playing pretty well recently, Ash. This is quite a, quite a shock and a, and a big loss for Auburn, obviously. Yeah, a massive loss for Auburn. He was having a good game as well. I think he topped... He was getting close to 400 yards and he had two touchdowns before he went down. And yeah, big, big blow for them um, from a from a, a team point of view. Big blow for Bo Nix from a personal point of view. Again, another guy coming into the draft. And up until this season was a bit of a, a laughing to stop because of just of how he was so up and down. And he's had a great year and now he's obviously injured. And again, Auburn lost to Mississippi State and, and are now unranked in their season. Seems like it's pretty much done as well. I, I can't imagine they're going to be able to get much done in the SEC with the games remaining. And yeah, it's just another, another. I mean, three key injuries to, to players that have had a lot of tension on them this year that, that, that they could <laughs> they could avoided having, especially Bo Nix and, and, and Justin Ross with, with it being their final years. Absolutely. And then finally, we talk about a Wisconsin running back again. Ches Malusi is going to miss the rest of the season with an injured left knee after he went down in Saturday's victory over Rutgers. Malusi has also been ran, ruled out of the 2022 spring practices, which is big news for Wisconsin. Obviously quite a severe knee injury for Ches Malusi. It, it seems every week, Ash, we're talking about Utah or Wisconsin running backs. I know, it really does. It's crazy. Just just consistently their running backs uh, are, are, in, are in discussions and and yet they still seem to keep finding them. Like it just seems like it's not, it's never a problem. I think this this week, Braylon Allen, who has been him and him and Malusi up to a point have been a great tandem together. Braylon Allen then chucked up 173 yards and three touchdowns. So I mean, from a from a Wisconsin offense point of view, they aren't going to miss a beat. But yeah, big big blow for Malusi missing out for the rest of the year because he had, he was having a good 2021 up until this point and. As you mentioned, he's already ruled out a spring practice, so it's it's a, it's a bad knee injury that he's got, and we're not going to see him until the uh, until the preseason at this rate. Yeah, it, some big injuries there, like you said. Those four players are key for their programs. The good thing about Wisconsin is they seem to have just running back after running back after running back step up into production, so they'll be yeah. fine, as you mentioned. It, 
let's move on to Coach's Corner. We've got some news that dropped uh, yesterday, I think, and Virginia Tech and Justin Fuente have agreed to part company after six seasons. Fuente finished his head coaching career at Virginia Tech with a 43-31 and overall record. Virginia Tech are currently 5-5 five and five on the year. Winning 48-17 against Duke was obviously not enough of a win and Virginia Tech decided to move on from Justin Fuente. I thought the Hokies would at least wait until Christmas because I think after Christmas, the buyout becomes less. But it appears that some sort of mutual agreement has happened and it, it, it's going to be a new era at Virginia Tech. Yeah, I mean, obviously you're the... It is Virginia Tech that you follow, isn't it? Oh, <laughs> yes, it yeah. is. Sorry, <laughs> I forgot if it was Virginia or Virginia Tech. But obviously, yeah, you, you, for, for a change, you're probably a bit dialed in more than me on them. But I, I was quite surprised to see this happened. I think Puente's done a, a a reasonable job there for, for a programme like Virginia Tech. I think they haven't had the best of years, let's be honest. I think they're middle, middle of the division, of the coastal division in the ACC on a, as you say, five and five record. But I'm surprised to see him go. I... I can yeah. imagine there might have been some maybe disagreements on 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 other things rather than just the performances from 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 the way this has happened and yeah it's it's a bit of a surprise but six years is a is a long time in 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 a coaching role and yeah maybe time for a new change. I I've I read a really interesting article about uh, self progression and moving forward in career and stuff, and they said after seven years you stop making friends and you only start to make enemies. So a good point to move on is at seven years. So maybe Justin Fuentes peaked a little bit early and he started making enemies. But I think ultimately they brought him in as an offensive-minded head coach. He then decided in the off-season that Braxton Burmeister was going to be the guy to go with. Whether Hendon Hooker is dreadful in practice or Fuente couldn't got the best out of him. But you now look over at, at Tennessee, Hendon Hooker is firing his way up the draft board and I think he's going to be he may even end up being a day two pick now like an early day two pick and yeah if you go and look at Hendon Hooker's tape he's got absolutely everything you want from an NFL quarterback he is still a little raw but he's got the legs he's got the arm he's got good decision making I I think we could see him go higher than perhaps we think in the draft and I think the decision to move him on to Tennessee when Fuente was definitely a Braxton Burmeister guy, that may well have been one of the final nails in the coffin. Yeah, yeah, I think you could be right there. I just, I, I think when you see what Hendon Hook is doing at Tennessee and the fact that Fuente is supposed to be this offensive-minded guy, Virginia Tech, yeah, they haven't had big weapons and uh, Mitchell got in turn, Trey Mitchell, the tight end I think Virginia Tech's tight ends Trey Mitchell he's I think it's Trey Mitchell he's really good but he got injured and that's a huge loss for their offense so with Hendon Hooker not being there Burmeister not perhaps being the guy that Fuente thought it's I, I thought like you I, I was pretty convinced this was going to get done but I think I thought it was going to be in the new year after the buyout but maybe they've moved some money around or something I'm not sure yeah potentially Lincoln Riley has come out to reporters to say he has no interest in the LSU job following reports linking him to the job. It seems strange to me that he's got no interest when LSU is such a huge job. Surely there's interest, but depending on how high. But anyway, Riley signed a six-year contract with the Sooners back in 2020 
and has followed Jimbo Fisher of Texas A&M, who has also distanced himself from the job. Ash, do you think this is smoke and mirrors, or do you actually think Lincoln Riley wants to stay in Oklahoma? I mean, I don't, I don't know if Lincoln Riley wants to stay in Oklahoma, but I think the fact that he was, he's linked from much bigger jobs, in particular NFL. I'd be very shocked if we don't see Lincoln Riley in an NFL job in the 2022 season. He was rumored to be of interest to a number of program, a number of teams last year in the off season, and he decided to stay an additional year in Oklahoma. Uh, it doesn't surprise me at all that he's rejected this. And um, as I say, I think that he's he's got his sights set on the NFL. Maybe this off season, <laughs> maybe for the Denver Broncos, <laughs> but potentially twenty twenty three. I don't know. It depends how the rest of their year goes. I mean, if he doesn't win, if he doesn't, it's it's difficult because he's it's highly likely he's not going to be in the playoffs. We'll get onto that later. And there's a chance that they're not even going to be in the title, the the Big Twelve title game, if if things don't go their way. So. He might decide to uh, to 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 decide that his his days are done in Oklahoma and move on. And there's definitely going to be some um, NFL teams that are going to be looking for a, a head coach. And Lincoln Riley is one of the top young coaches in the game at the moment. So yeah, no shock at all to see him say no. No, we're talking Cliff Kingsbury, Kyle Shanahan kind of interest for the definitely, NFL. And definitely, it would be a superb move for the Broncos to flip from the defensive Vic Fangio to bring in Lincoln Riley. You look at all the weapons he's got there. Yeah. You just need to bring, just need to bring Lincoln Riley in with, uh, just tap him up now. I mean, it's probably against all sorts of regulations, but just say, <laughs> look, Mr. Riley, what quarterback do you want? We'll get him in and for, from the draft and come over and, and have a go with the Denver. Anyway, Butch Davis is not going to return to Florida International following this season. The program rejected Davis' request for a one-year extension. So when they reject your extension request, you know you're on your way. And they've started the search for a long-term successor. Florida International have sucked pretty hard this year, Ash. They have indeed, yeah. Uh, one and nine record. Um, just a, a poor year all round. Butch, Butch Davis is 70. He's been there for... I can't... He's been there for a number of years. I can't remember exactly how long he's been there for, but they've decided that that, that they need a new long-term head coach to right the ship and get them back in in Conference USA standing. And if I'm not mistaken, they're one of the teams that are leaving the Conference USA. So fresh, fresh, fresh coach year established in the Conference USA, moving to a new conference in 2023. I mean, it makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? I, yep. I want to just check that, that they are one of the teams that are, <laughs> that are leaving now. I'm fairly sure. Insert uh, lift music whilst we wait for yeah. Ash to fact-check his statement. <laughs> uh, I mean, we, we can move on whilst you do fact-check. This one is for you, George. Washington has fired head coach Jimmy Lake in his second season in charge and ends an up-and-down year for the Huskies and Lake personally. He was suspended this year due to the on-field incidents on the sideline and his recruitment has come under fire. But after that suspended suspension, they've just decided to walk away from Jimmy Lake. Um, the, the suspension sort of took me by surprise, Ash. I thought it would just be a pure cut straight away from his actions. The suspension was perhaps... It was, well, I, I it took me by surprise. I don't know about you. Oh, yeah, definitely. I think the, the the suspension first off, obviously, it was a suspension, an on-field, so he wasn't allowed to attend the game. Um, but there was that. There was a, a, a other issues of him... Uh, hitting a, a hitting a player <laughs> yeah. and just all sorts of stuff going on on and off the field they weren't happy with his recruitment over the last couple of years like from his first year and into this year and this was just 
waiting to happen. It's a shame that Jordan isn't on today. Obviously, as a, as a Huskies fan, he could have probably alluded to the behind the scenes a lot more than we could. But from the face of it, Lake was was it was a, it was a time bomb waiting to happen for him to to go, and and he has now officially gone. So uh, yeah, no real surprise there. To be honest with you. Well, George, if you are watching on the live stream and you want to get involved, hit us up in the comments. I will ping you an invite to get into the chat and you can bring us some Washington Huskies <laughs> up to the date news. I don't know if you are or not, but we've mentioned your name twice now. So that's pretty much it for the Pac-12 and George, apart from the CP rankings that are coming up. Yeah, Florida International are joining the AAC as well. So I, I did think they were leaving. Well, you were correct. You shouldn't have doubted yourself, man. Yeah, I know. Hey, and then finally, the Yukon Huskies have acted quickly to bring in their new head coach. Former NFL coach Jim Mora has been announced as the head coach. I should have put my Huskies hoodie on for today, Ash. <laughs> He's going to act as assistant coach until November the 28th to get a better understanding of his new job. And then will take charge as the official head coach in the Huskies' final game of the season. Do you think he's attending as an assistant? Because it gives him an out if he decides he really doesn't want it after what he sees. Because UConn have been... <laughs> this season well i think yes potentially but also <laughs> this is his this is his first college um head coaching job so they want him to get used to the recruitment side of things the day-to-day -day running uh no sorry he was at ucla but that was about a decade ago that he was there uh and i think he left about six or seven years ago um so yeah i mean it's i think it's more for him to get used to the runnings of the of the program before before he officially steps as the head coach but i mean to be honest it's not a bad idea i'm surprised that more uh, that more programs don't do this but yeah maybe it's also an, an easy out for him as well if he watches the next game and goes nah you're all right <laughs> but i think if uh -huh. anyone steps in you're going to go nah you're all right you're going to yeah. you're going to have to be a brave man to uh to to, to take this job on with the with the way that that the Huskies have been for the last few years. Well, they're a basketball school, aren't they? And, That's very true. They're a very good basketball school as well. And football is second school for the second sport for them. So yeah. we can we can move on from the Yukon Huskies and I'll dust off the the hoodie for next week after they're Victoria and they're not going to win. Right, let's do some uh, college football playoff rankings. Ash nicely changed on the dock there after you threw me to the walls with the CP rankings a little minute ago. Thank you twenty-five to one. Five each, first or second. You can go first this week. I went first last week. Oh, what a treat. So at 25, <laughs> we've got Mississippi State. Then at 24, Houston, 9-1. and one. That's a big record for a 24th position team. Utah at 23. UTSA undefeated at 22, a 10-0 record. Moved up a spot, though, from last week's 23. And then finally, Arkansas, Arkansas oh, nearly, Arkansas at 21. They're seven and three. They've moved up from twenty-five last week to twenty-one. Ash of these five, any anything catch your eye? Uh, I think Mississippi State after defeating, um, wow, Auburn. My, yeah, or, wow, my mind went completely blank there. <laughs> yeah, beating beating Auburn, who of course were ranked last week. Um, it's justified that they jump into the rankings ahead of ahead of well, in place of Auburn essentially. Uh, Houston are the top team in, in the AAC at the moment, despite Cincinnati still being undefeated. Houston have a, a better in-conference record. So, and that they, they dropped out after their loss uh, a couple of weeks ago and 
uh, obviously, sorry, in the AP rankings, uh, and they've obviously been justified with their with their record and being top of the AAC. Uh, there's no real surprises here, to be honest with you. Um, I think it's it's as as expected. UTSA still one of the one of, one of three undefeated teams in the countries now, and still only in the twenties. Could could maybe feel a little bit hard done by. <laughs> yeah, just strength of schedules really shot them. Of in course, the foot, yeah, it? always it always will with these sort of programs, unfortunately. Yeah. To, but at 21, uh, sorry, at 20, should I say, uh, NC State come in. They they hold their college playoff rankings despite the loss to Wake Forest. San Diego State, after their victory over Nevada, are at 19. Pitt are 18, up from 21 last week. Iowa are up three bases from 20 to 17 with an 8-2 and two record. And Texas A&M keep their ranking, but they drop from 11 to 16 after the loss to Ole Miss this weekend. Yeah, it's all it's all pretty... It's getting to that point now where everything's starting to iron itself out, isn't it? Yeah, 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 definitely. I think Texas A&M and NC State have had good years up to a certain point, and the losses that they've taken have, have, have probably... They've been tight get fought games, and, and maybe you could uh, you, you can understand the losses that they've taken. So I understand them both still being ranked, and I think the drops are, I think the drops are fair for these two programs. Um, uh, Texas dropping from eleven to sixteen, and of course NC State from sixteen to twenty. But again, they 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 both lost to ranked teams, and it's justified. Again, I can't. There's there's no real complaints here, and there's no real surprises. And like you say. This is where the changes will likely come now in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So at 15, we've got the 7-3 Wisconsin Badgers after being 18th last week. They're up three spots. BYU stay at 14 after just an, an average performance. Then you've got Oklahoma who are down from 8 to 13. After their capitulation and blowout loss to... You know, I mean, it wasn't a blowout, but Baylor were did everything right in that game. They're at yeah. 13. Ole Miss are at 12. They're up three spots from 15. And then Baylor are up two spots. That's a, a big swing, isn't it? Baylor up two, Oklahoma down five, considering Baylor beat Oklahoma. Rightly so, Baylor are ahead of Oklahoma now after that win. Baylor are at 11. Yeah, and I mean, we, we said it last week, didn't we? we? We'd hope that Baylor see over Oklahoma and we thought it would happen. And, and that's exactly what happened. We'll we'll get onto it in a bit more detail shortly. It's one of obviously our games from last week that we highlighted. So we will we will discuss it. But yeah, I think the, 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 the drop for Oklahoma is justified. We, we said them being 9-0 last week meant nothing. I think 8 was still too high for them with the way they've played this year. And Obviously, Baylor have seen off a few teams now and then and then put him one over on Oklahoma has justified the climb. You said uh, BYU's average performance this week. So, do you mean their average performance sitting in the sofa? Because they have yeah, a bye. It's week, a bye. It's, you, can't, you can't have a good or a bad bye week. It's average. You, you can't. I mean, yeah, yeah. I, I have some good bye weeks. Just go out on the piss and <laughs> I have some bad bye weeks sitting at home. <laughs> okay. But no, I, I think half the team went out and half the team didn't, which makes it an average, average week. I will accept that. I will accept that. But yeah, again, like like you say, I think West Con- Wisconsin had a, a dominant display against Northwestern. I think they only let one touchdown. And as I mentioned earlier, 173 yards from Allen and three touchdowns, they, they decimated Northwestern. So 
Again, a climb was justified with the teams performing around them. But we are now into the top 10, and at number 10, Wake Forest, back into 10th spot. They were only outside of the top 10 for a single week before they obviously overcame NC State. At 9, Oklahoma State have climbed up from 10 and are arguably, and well, not arguably, they are the best team in, in, in Big 12 at the moment. And there's a tasty end of regular season matchup against Oklahoma to come in two weeks' time. So, but Oklahoma State don't win against Oklahoma. So if they can if they can see off Oklahoma, that's going to be a massive, massive victory for them and, and essentially lock them into the title game. Notre Dame have climbed up from nine to eight this week. Michigan State and Michigan both stay at seven and six respectively after their uh, after both of them won this week. And I still I still I still can't understand how Michigan State have blown Michigan. But what I will say. <laughs> I, what I will say is Michigan this week, uh, the victory over Penn State was was a great victory. And to be honest, it's probably one of the best performances I've seen from Michigan in a long time. Uh, and this this was a justified victory. They ground out against a solid Penn State defense yeah. and, uh, and, uh, and rightly deserved this victory. Missing their one of their best weapons as well, Blake Curran, the running back, was was out injured. And, and, and yeah, still, still being able to get this victory despite a late, a late attempt of a comeback from from Penn State. They they saw out this game and um, McNamara and Co. and uh, Hasim Haskins. I think is the the tandem running back with uh, with Corum until he got hurt. Hasim Haskins. He had a solid game. Didn't score a touchdown, but I think he tops. I think he got just over 150 rushing yards. So yeah, yeah. I think it's, it's Hakeem Haskins. I think Hakeem. Oh, apologies. Yeah. Apologies. I think he had he had a career high 31 carries as well on mm. those. Yeah. So. Yeah. I was, to be honest, I was a bit surprised and disappointed that to see him have so many carries with Corum being out because they've got a a great freshman running back in Donovan Edwards sat there ready and waiting, and I'm looking forward for the to this lad getting on the field because from high school he looks phenomenal and he's not really had a great deal of opportunities this year, so hopefully next year he does get those uh, he does get those chances. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's fair when you you think how well their running back tandem yeah. has been doing, yeah, definitely, and just continue to ride Haskins. I mean, if they if Coram's out again and they ride Haskins for the next week, I I don't mind it at all because I'm playing no. him in the semi final against uh, against Jack. Interestingly, we, we we're going to talk. I think hopefully a little bit later on. Uh, there's nothing in the notes, Ash. You, did you lie to me? You lied to me about the 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 the, the showdown chat. You've got me. Uh, he's now writing it in, right? Actually, <laughs> you can see the show dog is he's writing it in. But yeah, I mean, Michigan were good. Notes Dame, they, in a game against Virginia, which we thought would be a lot closer, they just absolutely mm. stunted Virginia. I mean, you know, Brennan Armstrong is injured, playing injured. I don't know whether he left that game or not, but everything runs through him in Virginia. So that one was obviously set back there. And then you mentioned Wake beating North Carolina, NC State. I absolutely love the fact that they won that. And and now with Justin Ross, we're going to talk about Wake in a little bit, Ash. But with Justin Ross out, they we said they've got four, three, four, three of their four games are tricky, and they're one and one with two to go. And NC State was the game I thought they'd slip up on. So yeah, it's going to be it's going to be a real interesting final two games there. Right. At five, we still have the Bearcats just outside the playoffs, agonisingly close. This week is going to be telling for them. 
Then the Buckeyes, they didn't fall victim to Purdue at the weekend. They put on a devastating performance. Stay at four, nine and one. Oregon, stay at three, nine and one. Alabama, stay at two, nine and one. And Georgia, to round us off as the third, only only one of three, as I said, undefeated teams, 10 and 0. Again, looked fairly convincing against Tennessee. Of that lot, Ash, it's, it's pretty much. Uh, as is uh, right now with the Oregon yeah. win over Ohio State, right? No. Um, <laughs> no <I> mean, <laughs> there's no surprise this, this top five haven't changed. I don't think anyone was expecting that after this week's viewings. What I did find quite funny is I think um, the Georgia game against Tennessee, didn't, I think Tennessee were up 10-7 in the, at the end of the first quarter and people were like, ooh, yeah. ooh. That lasted the first quarter and then they <laughs> shut them out till the end. And then, yeah. And they just they just pummeled them. So yeah, I mean they they made I think they, they, they I think I reckon they did it on purpose. Um, but yeah, obviously as you say, Ohio State didn't fall victim to Purdue as people were expecting, and they did the opposite of that. I think this was one of their best offensive displays we've seen from Ohio State this year. Um, and Oregon, uh, t- to be honest with you, obviously it was on late at night, so I caught the highlights and then I, I sort of looked at looked at it the next day, but. I mean, up until half time, Washington State were giving them a game. They were they were tied at half time, fourteen fourteen, uh, and then I think Oregon took Oregon took control in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Washington State tried to fight back, but they they just they didn't they didn't have anything left. But I was worried for Oregon at a point, and I think if that had happened, if they'd have lost, I mean, of course Cincinnati would have stepped into to fourth and. I think we would have probably seen Oregon do a, do an Oklahoma and drop down sort of like nine or ten with the with the with the teams around them. So yeah, they got. I wouldn't say they got lucky because they still did look good, especially in the second half in that game. But I've got an interesting matchup next against Oklahoma um, against Utah, uh, and then finishing it off with the with the rivalry game against Oregon State. Interesting t- start time still for for Oregon and and definitely still for Ohio as well. Ohio have still got the two Michigan teams to 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 play and yeah, I mean I hope we don't see a shake up. I I I believe <laughs> this is how it's going to finish. I would prefer to see Cincinnati in the playoffs over Oregon, but I have a suspicion this is where we're going to finish up uh, come come the playoffs time. No uh, matter, listen, if there's a game you Oregon, I think they'll win the Civil War just because of how important that is in the rivalry yeah, as well. Yeah. Although, Utah are playing some really good football right now. And, and I think of the two games, that's their that's their real test. And if Oregon lose to Utah, there's a fair chance they lose in the Civil War as well. Mm. Um, yeah. and, and like you say, if Oregon have one slip-up, then... It's done. That's, I think yeah, if, any, if, any, if any of the... If, Alabama, Oregon, or Ohio State slip up once. There's there's three or four teams behind them that will will, will likely jump them. Um, obviously, Georgia, one slip up is going to be fine for them. But but I don't. No one sees that. Let's be honest with you. But yeah, <laughs> but it's 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 one slip up away from any of these teams to be out of the playoffs and and, and any one of the other teams to be to be in the playoffs. There's still you could go down still maybe to Wake Forest. I know that their schedule in, in the AAC has not been as competitive as the other ones this year, but you could argue anywhere down to 10 could 
in theory, still get there with, with slip-ups. It's, it's unlikely. It looks like it's probably going to be out of these five, four of the five here are going to be are going to be the playoff teams. But you never know. With the way this season is going, you really never know. No, and Ashby never talked about Kenneth Walker's Heisman campaigning with Michigan State. Another <laughs> superb week. 30 yeah. rushing attempts, 143 yards, two touchdowns. Once again, the catalyst for the Spartans. Yeah, it, 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 he really is. And it's unfortunate that, that Bryce Young is still the heavy favourite. And I think it's going to be extremely unlikely for anyone other than Young to to take it now. Um, but I mean, I say this every time and then I <laughs> think of CJ Stroud and the fact that he's still got Michigan and Michigan State and the way he played on the weekend. But even after the way that he played against Purdue this weekend, Young's odds went lower. So... It seems lock on that Young's going to get it, barring a barring a, a miracle, and, and let's hope that happens. Because I would love Kenneth Walker to get it. I think he's had, I, I think personally, he's had one of the best seasons in college football of anybody. So, mm. uh, question, Ash: Is the Heisman handed out before or after the SEC title game? No, I don't know. Oh. I don't. I, I don't know. I, I've, I'm pretty sure it's after, but I can't remember off the top of my head. Don't, don't right, throw so stuff at me. If if, <laughs> if Georgia beat Bama in the SEC title game, yeah, and does does that knock off his his Heisman chances? I know it depends. It depends how badly they knock them off. Eleventh of December is when the Heisman is awarded. And okay. when do when just going to say that's great? But when is that SEC before the final? <laughs> give me a minute. SEC title. I'm back in Sorry. the office. SEC title game is on. Don't know. Why won't it tell me? I'm literally looking at the SEC title game. And it... I wonder if the date isn't set yet. Uh, it's the week before. Ooh. So yes, it could have an impact. Okay. Ashing. Very... I know. I don't think it will. <laughs> of teams ranked new this week, we've got Houston and Mississippi State. Yeah. Do and Auburn are both out, as mentioned. In, yeah. in the next line of the show, Doc Rush Nation, Ash has put showdown chat in very small text. Ash, do you want to talk about it or should we just do it next week? No, I think let's, let's, I think we cover it quickly because, as I said, we are in the playoffs. This is the playoff week, the first playoff week. So obviously, with it being college football, it's worked slightly differently to the NFL, whereas you go straight into the semi-finals because, I mean, we can't, you, you can do it where you have a bye week for the top two and, and, and a quarterfinal, blah, blah, blah. But, but for, for the showdown, we do semi-finals, finals, and it just... Because obviously, like the NFL, the final week can sometimes be a bit. Blah. So it's just it's it's easier to do it this way. Yeah. Um, the yeah, I realised on well after you said, but I realised last week that I had no chance of getting in anyway because I forgot <laughs> that it was the playoffs this week. I thought there was still two more weeks and I could have got in on on even, but it didn't matter in the end because the results didn't go my way for this week. But it did for other people. So the. T- <laughs> The playoffs are as this. We've got, of course, uh, well, actually, I say of course, Jord actually finished top of the regular season rankings with a 9-2 and record, taking over Jack in the final week on points. Jordan won the regular season title, as we'll call it, by 17 points, I believe. Uh, uh, yeah, over about Jack. To die. yeah, over Jack. Jack come in at second with a with a nine and two record. Stocks finished third with a seven and four record, and then Rich rounded out the top four with a seven and four record. So, uh, and Tom unfortunately 
Much like George won the regular season on points, Tom missed out on the playoffs by points. By some distance, nearly You're right, some distance. Two Don't stocks. <laughs> Hang on, to you. But under 100 points, I think it was about 70 points to Rich. So, yeah, Tom is the unfortunately missing out this year. I finished eighth. I had a terrible end to my season after starting 3-0 and or something like that. It just it just went wrong for me from, from there. But the uh, the playoffs are set, and we've got um, Rich and George facing in one, and uh, Jake and um, Stocks in the other. So yeah, I played Jack yeah. last week. I needed Jack, to beat sorry, Jack yeah. to, to stay in the playoffs yeah. ahead of Tom because my points fall record was better, and I yeah. managed to squeak a win against Jack. And then I've got him again because he's obviously first, uh, second, <laughs> and I'm I'm third. So. Yeah, so you won by eight points to go over Jack, despite having uh, despite having Caden Williams in your in your lineup. But of course, he unfortunately had a injured player in his lineup as well. Tavin Thomas from Utah was yeah. uh, ruled out, and if he'd have put any of his other offensive weapons on the field from his bench, he would have lost. He left Garrett Wilson on the bench. Yeah, that's a shocker. Who put up 41 points. Maybe that was an oversight, or maybe he thought like we may have thought about Purdue. I don't know, but maybe it doesn't matter in, in the end. He's back in this week, I tell you that. Exactly. Yeah, oh, 100% back in this week. Yeah, he's already back on his lineup this week. I'm looking at it now. Yeah, so yeah. that's going to be a fantastic matchup. Wasn't it you? It was you two in the final last year, wasn't it? Yeah. So, so one of you are going to be in the final once again this year. Yeah, and Rich is on a really hot streak at the moment. Yeah. So if, yeah. if Rich knocks Jord off and I manage to beat Jack again, the college boys once again have, have failed to get to the... Although then I will be flying that flag, boys. So. Yeah, of course you will. You were neutral to start the uh, to start the year, but you are you are college through and through now. Yeah, tentacles have well and truly grabbed hold of the, <laughs> the stocks machine. So that's your showdown rundown. Next week, we'll be back with some semi-final results actually have you got a game or is it just is that you done now no, that's over? it no we haven't got a we haven't got a um consolation bracket we might bring it in next year because we're, we're going to continue the showdown maybe get a few other people in we we rotated a bit this year uh but no we, we we don't have a consolation so that is me done in the showdown unfortunately i've just got my campus to count at least to look forward to now <laughs> right let's do some week 11 reviews we're going to start with oklahoma baylor baylor did win 27 14 Caleb Williams was benched. Spencer Rattler was brought back in. Williams had a 14-1 to touchdown to interception record before this game, but that was smashed after his two interceptions. Ash, anything else from this game that I have missed? From the game in particular, yeah, there's a few bits, but from a from a record standpoint and a, um, a stat standpoint, this was the first loss for Oklahoma in 17 games. They were on a 17-game win streak, which was the most in the country um, up until this game. So, the, uh, the Bears managed to snap that. Um, the uh, Baylor defense was phenomenal in this game, and they held the Sooners to 260 total yards, which is the fewest that Lincoln Riley has ever, um, has ever, is the, that he's ever scored in his time at Oklahoma. In his, I think he's been there. F- I think he's been head coach for. F- Five years, and he was a def- offensive coordinator for two or three, I believe. And this is the this is the lowest amount of total yards that he's that he's um that they that they've that they've given to him. So I say given wow. to him, but so yeah, I mean, Baylor defense were phenomenal. Um, Jerry Bohannon, the Baylor quarterback, was was solid. He did enough that, but it was all it was all 
it was all in the run game. Like Bohannon throwing, like his passing, they didn't mean to. He only threw for, so I think he made 12 completions for just over 100 yards and, <laughs> and, and a touchdown and interception. But he ran for over 100 yards, two touchdowns. Ab, uh, Abraham Smith, the running back, also went for a hundred, nearly 150 yards. Mm-hmm. So they grounded Oklahoma defense with their run game. And then, as I say, the uh, the, the Baylor offense shut Caleb Williams down. Um, Caleb Williams, as you say, got benched. He only threw for 84 yards and two interceptions. Before this game, since he took over from Spencer Rattler, he threw for 14 touchdowns and gave up one interception in the games before this. He he, They had no... Oklahoma had no answers on offense for this Baylor defense. It was... It was a poor game from Williams. He made a, he made some silly mistakes, as you can imagine, for a, for a young quarterback in his first season. But it, credit's got to go to Baylor offense and the uh, sorry Baylor defense and the defensive coordinator. They they stifled Oklahoma for the whole game. They shut them down and they put it in the hands of the Baylor runners. And and this was it was a close fought game up until the fourth quarter, and Baylor ran away with it from that point. They they dominated the the fourth quarter and and made it look. Well, made it look the 24-7 that, that we see. And we were waiting for Oklahoma to, to come up against the stiff opposition that, that, that would that would cause them problems. And the first time that happened, they they succumbed to it. They're done, yeah. We were, they weren't as good as their record, but their record nope. and their strength of schedule was one of the easiest in the in the country. And it showed when they came up against a good team in Baylor. Yeah. Texas A&M lost 19... Well, Ole Miss beat Texas A&M 29-19. That's a much better way of putting that stock <laughs> I uh, didn't see any of this one, Ash. Fill me in. Yeah, again, another defensive display. So, I mean, Texas A&M are, uh, all, all year have been one of the, the best defences in the country alongside Georgia. And Ole Miss made it look the opposite. Uh, I know it was only 29-19 victory, but they, they didn't really have any issues getting past at Texas A&M. And, and on the flip side of it, Ole Miss's defence shut down Texas A&M for, for, for much of this game, up up. The first half they shut them out completely. Um, in the in the second quarter, in the second half, sorry, they 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 never really got going. Zach Calzada, we've we've spoken about him a few times since Haynes King went down. That that we weren't really too sure about him. He's very sporadic and he's not the answer for A and M. And unfortunately, on the day that that shown, he made some rookie rookie errors in 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 the quarterback and, and threw for a couple of interceptions and. Yeah, it, this was this was all about Ole Miss's defense, and and their offense were doing enough against, as I say, up until this point, a, a stout defense, one that has shut down. Yes, Matt Corral is one of the best quarterbacks in college at the moment, but the defense, the offense as a whole, has not been one that you look at and go, yeah, blimey, that's a great offense. But they made they looked like that. They made they they made it light work against this Texas A and M defense that has been one of the best defenses this year. So. Yeah, it was a, it was a, it was surprising. I was expecting it to be a good game, and we—that's why we had it on our games to watch last week. But I wasn't expecting this sort of performance from from the Rebels, and I think the it was rounded off in the fourth quarter um, when they—I think they were up fifteen thirteen at the time—and their their um, quarterback Ashanti Kiss Drunk, I believe, is how you pronounce his surname, <laughs> intercepted uh, the ball, and then. Uh, Ole Miss came straight up and, and scored with their running back um, to, to to basically put the game 
to bed by that point. It, ne- it never really looked like AM were gonna we're gonna get back to it. But yeah, solid, solid performance all round from Ole Miss and and a surprising performance on the defensive side from from AM. Yeah, another surprise was uh, Nevada losing San Diego State 23-21. Carson uh, Strong Carson Strong balled out. Romeo yeah. Dude had another massive game. Yeah. <coughs> Excuse me, but uh, Cole Turner wasn't playing, which is is big news for Nevada and yeah, they missed. Yeah, they missed Cole Turner. Um, I I wouldn't say uh, the 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 result itself is not surprising. I would have liked Nevada to win, and I did have Nevada to win because of my love affair for Carson Strong. <laughs> but I think when you look at it, the way San Diego State have been all year, they are one of, if not the best team in the Mountain West. Um, and this this game showed that. They beat Nevada in a close fought game. They they were back and forth consistently throughout this game. But as you say, Carson Strong balled out 350, 350 yards, three touchdowns. Don't ask this lad to run. He's not the best runner. He can do it when he's <laughs> when he's desperate. But yeah, put the ball in his hands. And when you've got a wide receiver alongside you like Romeo Dubes, you you you're laughing. Dubes 127 yards and two touchdowns. He's probably cemented himself as the uh, I, uh, I would. <laughs> he is definitely a top three wide receiver in this draft class. I think is is in my opinion. Uh, I don't think he's. Uh, I, I I suspect that Ohio boys are going to go ahead of him, and then it's then a conversation between him and Wow, my uh, Traylon Burks from Arkansas. I think those two are the conversation for the third for me personally. How can you even? Not consider Drake London at that point. Uh, I think Drake London is just behind Dubes and um, Burks, in my opinion. But I wouldn't be surprised to see somebody want him over the likes of the likes of Dubes. But yeah, I think ha- Nevada have had a great year. They've 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 dropped some games that they really shouldn't have dropped, which has put them in a bit of an awkward position for this for the for the for the Mountain West now. I think it almost it almost eliminates them um, from the title game contention, and it, and it <clears throat> sorry, and it essentially locks in San Diego now. They are a point. They are a game in hand, and they've got U- Vegas next week, University of Vegas next week, which is a gimme. There should be no reason why they don't win their game. <laughs> and then they face Boise State to end the year, which Boise State have been very up and down this year, and I would be very surprised to see San Diego not win that game. So. But it was, if anyone, I would recommend people go and watch it if they have time. Um, as I say, Carson Strong was balling out. Greg Ball, uh, Greg Bell, sorry, the running back for San Diego State had a phenomenal game. Um, and the San Diego State offense as a whole uh, was solid. It's it's The reason San Diego State are winning is because of their punter, Matt Areza. He, <laughs> he, all right, he had five yeah. punts, he averaged 55 yards this week. But I think he's had an 85-yard punt this season. His average is around 70 yards for the season. And I've seen some people say he could be the best punter to ever play the game. Yeah, it's crazy because he's also their kicker. Yeah. <laughs> which is fantastic. And, and he, I, uh, I think he scored uh, the, I think he scored a 48 yarder to, um, sorry, he scored a 48 yarder in the second quarter to take the lead and then a 39 yarder in the fourth quarter to take the lead. But yeah, as you say, it's just, he, I think he is, I would say he's the best punter in the country at the moment. 
Oh, uh, it's, it's just when, when you can get crazy. on the field and your punter can kick you up the other yeah, end anyway. It's mad, isn't it? Uh, yeah. yeah, it's crazy. And let's not be surprised to see him potentially go like fifth fifth round, something like that. We know that when people see a punter they really like, you can get some shocks. So we'll be surprised to see him go go fifth round in uh, when he when he when he goes to the NFL. I wouldn't be offended if Denver took him around then. Up in mile high air, that boy would just kick it out the end zone every yeah. single time. Definitely, definitely. Take that. Right, Ash, let's do some Week 12 look ahead and then hit the hay. Yeah. We've got some big games this week. We're starting with Wake Forest at Clemson. We've waxed lyrical about Wake this year and how we, we thought perhaps they could beat Clemson. And with, with Justin Ross out, that's a definite possibility now. Yeah, it really is. Uh, it really is. I think their their offense, as we said earlier, was suspect already this year, and now losing their best receiving option, it's not looking good for Clemson. But on the flip side of this, a victory for Clemson puts them a game behind Wake Forest with the win advantage. Wake Forest dropped the game against Boston College, and Clemson win their final game. Clemson flip it, flip the switch, and they're in the title game. So there is a lot. <laughs> There is a lot riding on this game for both teams. Now, yeah. yes, that would mean Boston College beating Wake Forest, but strange things have happened. This this is the judgment that this is the judgment day game for both of these two teams in the in the ACC Atlantic, and uh, who will be coming up against Pitt, who I think are locked in for the coastal t- for the coastal representation. I think. Pitt are on eight and two, and then I believe Virginia are behind them six and four. So again, two game flip, but that's that's highly unlikely. I think Pitt are a lock in in one side, and this 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 game will then this game will potentially decide it. And and I think whoever wins this is going to be in the title game, barring yeah yeah. I mean, Clemson need assistance for the game after, but obviously yeah. if, if Wake Forest win, they're in. That's that's the end of. But that's why this game is so important and. It's crazy to think that we're seeing Clemson at, at what seven and three and stuttering on offense after the year they had last year and going, yeah, Wake Forest are the favourites in this game and and, and are likely going to be the ACC type champions come the end of the year. Yeah, but Wake aren't favourites. Ash, they're Clemson still not favourites. No, Clemson are four and a half point do- uh, favourites. Yeah, Wake Darkness. are dogs. Nah, crazy, crazy. That's mental, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I'm surprised. I know it's Clemson and I know that their defence is still solid, but yeah, I'm surprised at that. <laughs> that shocked me. That has mm-hmm. absolutely shocked me. Right, moving on. Michigan State at your beloved Buckeyes. Eh? <sighs> yeah, good, crazy game. This is going to be, this is massive. I mentioned that the that Ohio have got Michigan State and Michigan to end the year. What I didn't mention is that all three teams are on a 9-1 record Ohio hold the luxury of leading the East with a seven and zero record in the conference, whereas Michigan State and Michigan are both at six and one. But a victory for Michigan State once again flips this on its head. This uh, and and the way Michigan have been playing and Ohio at, at times look suspect, and then Ohio go and do what they did against Purdue, and you go, yeah, Michigan State and Michigan don't stand a chance if this offense is what are on is the one that's on the field i don't i, I don't care who's in front of them by the georgia defense and even, <laughs> even then i think it even then ohio this deal the way ohio state offense have been playing like especially against purdue that would be a game but even so you, you can't take anything away from this game if michigan state wins that this ties it this ties them at the at the top 
not including Michigan. If they then win, you've got three teams all level on the same record. Ah, uh, oh, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> mental. It's so, it's so crazy. And then you look at the other side for the, for the Big Ten West, at the teams Wisconsin lead that, tied in conference record with Iowa, but top at the luxury of beating them. And then you've got Minnesota, Purdue, four and three. The Big Ten as a whole on both sides is wide open. Mm. Obviously, the East are much more dominant in their nine and one, nine and one, nine and one for the Ohio and the Michigan teams. And then the other side is a bit is, is a lot more even. But yeah, I mean, we could be looking at Ohio Wisconsin final. We could be looking at Michigan State Iowa. We could be looking at Michigan Minnesota. We could. Oh, I, it's crazy. There's so many ramifications for this game. Uh, but yeah. then if Ohio State win it, they're they're locked into the Big Ten and and probably no Yeah, maybe. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I, as I say, if if that if the Ohio State offense turn up like they did against Purdue and the defense have taken a step forward in recent weeks, yes, they still let up twenty I can't remember. I've already forgot the result against Purdue. 29 points, I think they conceded, something like that. But they are looking better. They've gradually got better throughout the year. They're starting to round themselves out on defence and the offence is firing on all cylinders. I, yeah, I I, I, I still am, am very nervous being an Ohio State fan, as you always are going into a game. But I, I would be surprised to see Michigan win this one, Michigan State win this one. Yeah, when you look at total yards per game, the Buckeyes are third in the nation. So oh, yeah. yeah. They're going to they're gonna pile it on the Spartans regardless. They are 19-point favourites, Ash. Do you think that's a little bit much or is that on the money? Um, I don't know. Michigan State defence have been solid and their their, their offence can, can put points on the board, I think. But I think maybe I'd say that's probably about right. I would say that's probably about right. Fair enough. Let's move on. Arkansas at Alabama. Mm. Is there another shock on the cards? Well, that's why this one's on here. I mean, it would be a tremendous shock if it happened. I think this this would be the biggest shock of the year. But uh, with the, the way the season's gone, the way Arkansas have performed against certain teams, I had to include it on it. Because also... If Bama lose, they're out of the playoffs. Let's be honest with you. You you can't be Bama with two losses and 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 in the playoffs. And as 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 you said, Arkansas have seen over Texas and Texas A and M, and they won against Michigan State this week. They beat uh, no, they lost to Auburn. But yeah, I mean, this Arkansas when they want to can turn it on. And and a game like Bama in Bama, you, we've seen crazier things. And I think it could just be an exciting watch because on the flip side. Bama could flip the switch and put 60 on them and, and, yeah. and only concede 10. It's literally how it could go. It could be a yeah. closely fought game that w- either one of the teams could win out or Bama could go, nah, you're all right. I'm going to put 60 on you. See you later. Yeah, the, the over-under of 58 seems very low considering. Yeah, I would be very... Mm, yeah, I'd... I don't know if the defense turn if the if the Arkansas defense turns up that turned up against um, Texas and Texas A&M, that's a fair assumption. But if they don't, yeah, that's that's going to be. I would be. I wouldn't be surprised to see 70, 75 points total on the board. Yeah, completely agree with that. I think this is if Alabama make the playoffs with a two a two loss record and Cincinnati missed out. I'm walking out. I'm done with college yeah. football at that point. <laughs> people, yeah, people might be. Uh, people might be saying a few things then. The peasants will revolt, and then finally, we got some uh, SMU Mustang Cincinnati Bearcat Ash. Mm, yeah, very interesting game this one. 
because it's second and third in the AAC. Yeah. Um, despite Cincinnati being ten and zero, they're still not top because Houston have a better conference in conference record by by a victory. They're seven and zero Houston, and Cincinnati is six and zero. And then SMU are just behind on eight and two with a four and two conference record. So they're not getting to the title game. It's going to be Houston Cincinnati, but this is more for Cincinnati's playoff hopes, their unbeaten season hopes. And just SMU have been playing some good football. They lost narrowly to Memphis last week. And then this week, they obviously saw off UCF quite comfortably with 55 to 28. It's going to be a very exciting game. Tanner Mordecai up against Desmond Ridder. This, um, the Bearcats defense that at times has looked stout and then at other times looked very suspect. And then, obviously, you've got Ulysses Bentley, the running back from SMU, Reggie Robinson, the wide receiver. I'm really looking forward to this game. And I, I think it's probably – it could potentially be one of the games of the week. Uh, I think uh, – I would recommend people people going out and paying attention to this game. If they can watch it live, great. Obviously, it's, it's difficult to, to watch these sort of games live over in the UK. But if you can manage to find a stream, it's on – I'm not sure what time it is on. It's on at half eight UK. Yep. So it's a very decent time. It's also on ESPN. Oh, fantastic. There we go. There's no reason for you lot not to go and watch it. It's going to be a fantastic <laughs> game. Yeah, you lot. Our lovely listeners, I would highly recommend you go and watch this game. I think it's going to be a shootout and a closely fought game. And Cincinnati are going to win. As long as as long as long Tanner Mordecai... Actually, I think I've benched him. Uh, I think I I've benched him. I think I'm playing... Um, what, in, uh, ahead of the Jonah. ahead of the ahead of the um, you're going to bench him for the game, yeah, yeah, you yeah, have like... a minute. Cunningham, yeah. To be fair, Louisville have got Duke and Hendon Hooker's got Tennessee. Have got South Alabama, I believe. Yeah, South yeah. Alabama. So feels like a couple of cupcakes. I would say so. Yeah, uh, Tanner Mordecai against the Cincinnati defense. If they're on game. Mordecai could be under 200 yards, a couple of interceptions and, and a touchdown potentially. So it's a big risk in, in a fantasy perspective. So I can't, I, can't, I can't blame you doing that. Thanks. Ash, what do you know about Alec Pierce, Cincinnati wide, uh, senior wide receiver? Uh, unfortunately, not a great deal off the top of my head. Why, are you looking to pick him up? Is that what you're saying? No, no, no. I just I oh. read an article on him the other day and he sounds like he's got absolutely everything that you'd want in a wide receiver i just hadn't heard his name so i thought maybe you'd uh no so i know that he's I, he's a senior so he will be coming out this year yeah um quite tall yeah he's he's a he's, he's a what six three six is he six three yeah six three yeah but I, I haven't seen a lot of his tape i mean to be honest outside of the defense and um Desmond Desmond Ritter. Ritter, <laughs> yeah i i haven't watched a whole lot of tape on um on Cincinnati um, offense, but maybe that's one that I'll have to have a look at when, well, we, uh, when we get into the uh, when we get into the draft season. Absolutely, Ash. That's the week twelve look ahead done. We've covered the showdown, week eleven review. Obviously, the playoff rankings as it's that time of the year. I think that's us done, but I think that's episode seventy three. Stamp the book, cover to cover. Have I missed anything? No, no, I think we are done for this week. We got a we got a lot in and there was a lot of stuff to talk about this week and 
there's definitely going to be a lot to talk about with some of the games going ahead next week. So I'm already looking forward to it, and it's been class as always. Yes, sir. Rush Nation, as always, don't forget, head over to the website, check out all the boys' articles because they are fantastic stuff. The fantasy football playoffs are coming around, so if you're in Dynasty League or just general redark draft, Murph, Rich, and the gang have got you covered over there. IDP, Dynasty... DFS, don't forget if you are into your DFS football, check out the DFS podcast because we've got exclusive contests now with the guys over at Fan Team, so come check those out. Ash, it's been emotional, my friend. Look forward to chatting to you after the second to last game of the season. I can't believe we're that close, man. It's- I know, it's crazy. And then and then for a lot of people, and to be honest for me, the real excitement begins. You can't be sitting down and watching player tape getting ready yeah. for the draft. Yeah, we got a we got a lot of exciting content coming your way, Rush really Nation. Do. So keep your your hats locked and loaded for that one. But until next week, enjoy this week's football. Hopefully, some action in your life tonight, and then the rest of the football come the weekend. But it leaves me one thing left to say, and that is Saturdays for rushing too. HIV epidemic is not over. HIV is still here. The face of HIV is so diverse. The biggest thing to reduce HIV stigma is just to talk about it. Testing and PrEP and HIV treatment and how effective it is today. Undetectable equals untransmittable. Whether you're positive or negative, there's not a wrong door. Whether it's testing or whether it's treatment, do it for you, Montgomery County. Learn more about HIV testing, treatment, and prevention at doitforyoumc.org. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.